This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey everybody, episode 62 of the DCAU Review this week. I am your host, Cal, with me as he always is, my good brother, the DCAU Review Twitter guru. That's right, it's Liam. Liam, got another episode of Justice League we're tackling this week. Yeah, we are sticking in season two of Justice League and got another uh, really memorable, I think this is one that ranks very highly Especially for a, uh, if you're a Batman fan. I would agree, it's a very Batman-centric episode. We don't get too, too many of those in the Justice League. We get more of him featured later on in very pivotal episodes of Justice League Unlimited. But uh, yeah, I feel like early in these these Justice League episodes, they did did it their very best to establish the other characters as part of the main focus, letting you know this wasn't going to be just a Batman series right. with a couple of guest stars, but uh, I-, I think that this episode does a a fantastic job of shining the spotlight on Batman enough where it feels comfortable, but still involving those other characters. We yeah. are, of course, talking about... Yeah, we're talking about the episode Only a Dream, parts one and two, the DCAU debut of Dr. Destiny... Yeah, he's sort of the uh, the Freddy Krueger of the DC universe. He's uh, he goes into people's dreams and preys on their fears and locks them in these terrifying dreams that they can't wake up from. And and in at least one case, his he makes his ex wife have a heart attack and die. Crazy. Um, so and he was attempting to do the same to the rest of the Justice League as Batman uh, tries to track him down. I'll go over our synopses. Please uh, do real quick here for parts one and two. For Only a Dream Part One, the synopsis reads as such. A convicted criminal with aspirations of defeating the Justice League gains the ability to enter people's dreams, adopting the persona of Dr. Destiny, and becoming the master of nightmares. The heroes run themselves ragged, rounding up other escaped villains. Okay. So yeah, that's your part one, is... uh, John D. using a, a an ESP machine gives himself uh, mind powers, the ability to enter dreams. And in the meantime, the Justice League is dealing with a prison break, and they have to take on a bunch of uh, uh, most most villains that we've previously seen in the series, either in earlier episodes of Justice League, or even some returning uh, foes from uh, the new Batman Adventures and Superman as well. Uh, And moving on to the part two synopsis, that synopsis reads as such, Dr. Destiny subjects the slumbering heroes to their worst nightmares. Batman struggles to stay awake as he tracks down Destiny's whereabouts. Jean enters the heroes' minds to help them overcome their fears and break free of Destiny's control. There you go. Yeah, so so part one is they track down the escaped villains and he gets his powers, and uh, there's actually a great thing. It's funny because we watch these all together, so we don't talk a lot about like the cliffhangers of part one. Right. But as you pointed out to me, there's a great cliffhanger as the ending is they're they're all tired after having to round up all these villains. Flash and Hawker are on the watchtower, and he uh, Flash goes to make Hawker a coffee. He comes back, she's asleep, 
and then you know ten seconds later he's sitting next to her and he's falling asleep and you just hear uh, Doctor Destiny uh, evil villain laughing as sort of the camera fades out under the and you see a view of the Watchtower. It's real creepy and ominous. It's really good stuff. There's a lot of creepiness in this episode, and it starts out. It's very interesting because we, before he transforms into the using his I guess telekinetic powers to give off the visual that he's this large towering yes scary grim reaper looking character yeah he's sort of the nondescript white guy yeah i think he may have been modeled after the the main guy in psycho the original psycho the alfred hitchcock movie which makes sense right with that movie that guy was he was a guy who owned a motel he was just this kind of skinny kind of skeevy looking guy he wasn't right he wasn't some big hulking monster right so that and that plays into that. So he he doesn't look like that type of character. He's even at the beginning of the episode. He's trying to get back on the straight and narrow so that he can go get out on parole. And then of course something happens, as it does in every superhero slash supervillain <laughs> origin story. His wife decides that she's leaving him, and that's sort of the straw that breaks his back. There's a prison riot that occurs that gives him the opportunity to utilize this machine that he's been being tested on, uh, or the test subject on, and uh, he f- sort of fries his brain by using it too powerfully or something, and but ends up with these telekinetic powers, yeah, and these like dream bending type powers. So it's 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 uh it's not original and like the the power type of powers he has, but it's different enough because there's not a lot. It's sort of a scarecrow esque because you know it's fantasy. It's sure. Entering, it, a little Mad Hatter, like changing, yeah. changing up dreams and stuff. But it's not. Um, it's it's not. It's not completely a copy either of those. Those. No, items. and it's not right. It's not quite the same. He's not. Uh, you know, they aren't necessarily hallucinating. It's not. Even though their fears are, that's what he uses to trap them. Is their you know their each leaguer's you know various uh, fears. That it's not necessarily saying, oh, these are the worst fears, or they're not hallucinating, uh, you know, terrible things. So it's, yeah, it's not it's not quite like uh, necessarily like a scarecrow, but there's definitely the elements there. Of, yeah, and he's tapping. He's it's him tapping into those doubts or that that weakness they have through the through the dreamscape. That is is how he taps into it. So I think that's interesting. I, I think that they take a lesser known character. I think if you pulled. 100 people, if they knew who Dr. Destiny was when it came to, <laughs> to DC Comics, you would probably get a very sm- teeny tiny minority that may know who he is. Yeah. yeah, he had not been a villain that had been used a lot post, like, the 1970s. So that I, I always feel like they do a great job, especially in this series, with being able to kind of open up and use various different rogues, and then when we get into Unlimited, they do a good job of using some of those lesser-known characters and making them formidable opponents for these characters that you Absolutely. that are larger than life. Uh, so I, I, I really, really appreciate the plot of this. It's... It's great. Like we said, it's a Batman. Part two is nearly exclusively Batman-centric because he's the only one besides Jean that is awake. I would say it's kind of, yeah, Batman and Jean are like the the two detectives working the beat. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's not a dynamic that we see a lot in the series of Batman and Martian Manhunter kind of teaming up where, yeah, so Martian Manhunter is handling the, you know, the 
the dream side of it all. And meanwhile, Batman's hitting the streets looking for clues, trying to track down this guy's physical body so he can punch him in the face. Right, and Batman's battling his own sleep-deprived nature. And right. It's, it's really, really good. And you get this race against time that's included in there because we already saw, you know, they, they tell you that Dr. Destiny's wife passes away yes. because of the stress of being in the, the state that she's been in for too long. So you have that. You have Hawk Girl being trapped for a significant import, uh, portion of time and this apparently underlying inability to deal with closed-in spaces. Uh, yeah. Claustrophobia, I guess yeah. one would say. And, um, yeah, there's there's some great stuff there. There's actually even a... We, we talked about last week them laying the groundwork for what what will be the series or the season finale with Starcross coming up for season two. There's a, a little more groundwork yeah. laid here and where, where Jean is sort of being able to solve the problem of these... Getting these characters out of these deep sleeps. He's entering the dreamscape with... Uh, and, and sort of freeing them one by one. But when he goes to do that with... with Hawk girl, he's blocked. He said yes. there's something around her mind that's keeping him from going in there. Yes, which is, I believe, something that comes back in Starcross. John mentions that he's never been able to read Hawk Girl's mind. Again, great. Some continuity. So it's a little throwaway thing right. that if you didn't know, like you didn't think about it at the time, maybe you're chalking it up to the fact that she's too stressed or whatever it is right. that's keeping in that. But later on, we discover that this is a plot thread that, that has been laid out very, very intentionally. Yes. So I, I greatly appreciate that. Lena, I thought the plot was very, very strong for this. I went a 8 out of 10 for plot. What about you? Uh, yeah, I went 7 out of 10. I think it's really good. Um, I liked seeing all those old villains show up in, in part one. That was a good cameo, a bunch of cameos. Yeah, we got Volcana and Firefly of all Batman villains to bring back. Yeah. Uh, and of course we have Grundy and Copperhead who appeared in season one of Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, Luminous. Yeah, Luminous. Oh yeah, Luminous. Our, our, our arch Next nemesis. time we do Superman, we're going to have to do a Luminous We're going to do just all so the Luminous. Tell. It's going to be a month of Luminous. <laughs> it's a Luminous month. No. Oh my God. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we but uh, still uh, you know a memorable villain from Superman the animated series. So seeing seeing those characters brought back and and uh, seeing the Justice League, seeing Green Lantern fight Volcana and and stuff like that, I thought they did some really creative stuff that more that way. world world I guess not not world building but keeping that continuity yeah together. solidifying that yeah. this is the same you know the same Batman and Superman and everyone that we've been watching since you know 1991 or right. whatever so. Yeah, they, cool. yeah, they, they. I thought that was cool, and then yeah, the ending of Batman going to physically confront him, as we mentioned, while while Jean is freeing everyone's minds in the Watchtower, is really well done. Batman able to keep Doctor Destiny from completely taking it over his mind by humming Frere Jaca, which funny. is that's such a weird. That's like a nineteen sixties Batman thing. That's like a real. Denny O'Neill Batman idea, I yeah, feel like, yeah. of, of a way to keep of keep a mind controlling villain out of his head is to to hum a to hum a tune. Yeah, but it works. It's it works really little... works really well, and the way they sort of overlay Kevin Conroy's humming, and that gets a little into voice acting and music. But the the way they overlay that with the music, and and they really play it up really determined. He's really yeah. he's really serious about humming for Jaka and. He is able to, you know, physically stop Doctor Destiny and and put a stop to it. Meanwhile, Jean is able to uh, to put a stop to the, uh, the the mental torture. So it's really well done, and it wraps it wraps up really nicely. I thought. Yeah, I I, 
I agree with you. I, I, I think it's very strong. It's a good, comfortable episode. It's a fun episode. Yeah. There's even some cameos in, in the dreams. Uh, in the dream sequence at the very beginning of the episode, you get a Lex Luthor cameo, you yeah. get a Joker cameo, a bunch of the other villains from that season. Yeah. Lois and Jimmy show up mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, in Superman's Perry dream. Perry White. Uh, some of the characters we met in, in Blackest Night and in, in John's dream show yep. up again. Yeah, you get you get you get quite a few, and you get a fun, funny Flash dream sequence yes. where he you get to learn a little bit of Flash's personality and some of the yeah. like the the human behind the humor, I guess, mm-hmm. of, of of Michael Rosenbaum's Flash. But yeah, I I agree, very 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 strong. Okay, let's move on to our next category, shall we? Music, Liam. Music, you already mentioned, you have a lot of Frere Jaca in this episode. <laughs> if you're a Frere Jaca guy or girl, <laughs> this episode is for you. Uh, it's funny because Batman hears a commercial on the radio as he's as he's trying to stay awake that uses Frere Jaca as the tune, so I yes. guess that's, that's why it's stuck in his head, which is funny. But uh, other than that, there's a lot of mood-setting music, I feel mm-hmm. like. There is that very... The very end of part one that we talked about already, the creepiness factor, there's a great, just subtle, very ominous, yeah, evil theme yeah, underlying the laughing as Dr. Destiny goes. And there's a lot, there, there's a lot of, because the, the scenes are so high stress and high impact, there's a lot of frantic music that is played in the background. I gave music six out of ten. I think it's good. I kind of wish they had picked something other than Frere Jaca for <laughs> Batman to hum. Like, you know, I don't know. Anything. I, I like it because I like hearing Kevin Conroy do, do musical stuff. Well, <laughs> if you like Kevin Conroy uh, doing musical stuff, do I have an now, episode for you? <laughs> no, I say that It's now. called This Little Piggy. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway. Um, but yeah, I like I liked that sequence, how it goes. I liked some of the, the, the more horror movie music when... Uh, John D slash Doctor Destiny is sort of standing outside of his wife's uh, new house with her with her new boyfriend or whatever, and he's kind of kind of just standing in the shadows, staring down at them from the hill. There's some really good, like ominous, creepy music there, and uh, yeah, some of the like the some of the music. I think when uh, they have like a, a kaiju, John, John and Doctor Destiny have like a kaiju battle in the middle of uh, is it Flash's dream? I think. Mm-hmm. It gets really kind of the music there gets really epic and and sort of more traditional Justice League hero music and I sure. think that works really well too. But yeah, I went uh, I went seven out of ten for music personally. All right, steady moving along here. All right, let's talk about animation and visuals, Liam. I think this was the strongest part of the episode by far. Now they let's let's preface this by saying there because there's a lot of dream sequences there's a lot of room for them to have fun and be goofy yes. and not play into the normal does this work type <laughs> like does this make any sense type thing like you said there's giant oversized fights happening in the middle of the city and the flash watching a cartoon where he's super muscly <laughs> and superman's uh, scared Superman's nightmare is him being scared that he's going to amass too much power, which manifests itself in him looking like this monstrous, just behemoth, I yes. guess. And and so you have a lot of a lot of stuff that isn't based in reality, which helps and gives them freedom. They have a lot of fun with that. My favorite thing I think that happens in the, in 
in and I didn't even notice it the first time it happened, but I mentioned it to you when we saw it in the previously on Justice League scene. But when Doctor Destiny tr- goes from John D to Doctor Destiny, and he has his, you know, he does this transformation in this dream sequence with his ex-wife. His face actually melts off and falls off. Instead yeah. of just sort of wiping away, you see his skin sort of detach from his face and sort of just melt off and fall towards the ground. It was done so, so yeah. well. It's so creepy. It really feeds into the character. The character itself looks menacing, looks yes, creepy, looks, looks scary. Very, very scary looking, looking villain. Very great visual with that. Great character design. I went very strong with this score. I went 10 out of 10. Very nice. What about you? Yeah, I also went 10 out of 10. Uh, Yeah, it's tremendous. Like I said, I already mentioned it, but the the dream sequence is where John starts to free the various Justice League members, and and they have fights with him, I think, are really well done. Uh, I love the visual of when... uh, uh, it's not. I guess. I guess. Doctor Destiny is trying to convince the Green Lantern to step into the light, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's uh, shown as the Green Lantern power battery. And so, as Destiny is fighting uh, Martian Manhunter and Superman, you see John run into it, and there's kind of this moment where Destiny laughs and he's so happy. But then the the whole Lantern battery bursts, and and Green Lantern emerges, sort of stronger and more determined than ever. I thought that visual was was really really well done, um, and yeah, for all for all the other reasons you mentioned, I think it's it's really perfect. And like I said, I, I really enjoyed when uh, Destiny and and John grow to be like ten stories high and and fight each other in a big giant uh, kaiju Justice League battle. It's really really fun. You don't get a lot of that. You get and it doesn't really mean anything because it's in a dream. So they knock over buildings, right? And, fall over and it's it's really really good flash ties up his ankles and power lines and john shoves him over and and stuff like that yeah they do some really creative stuff with that and even in that the last the, the last scene where batman finally gets to the lex corp uh, uh warehouse where john d is standing there projecting these images mm-hmm. bat there's a scene where batman goes into the bathroom or there's like a, a busted up bathroom that batman walks into and he's talking to a reflection of of dr destiny in the mirror yes and it's it is such a great scene i know we're going to talk about that in the in the voice acting but that scene itself is so so great the visuals are great he looks at him sees his reflection in a puddle it's it's done tremendously well. A big big fan yeah, of that absolutely. scene. Some really cool visuals. Some really cool shadow. Yeah, work like he, and... he goes into the 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 stairwell and it kind of changes into like the you know the never ending staircase painting mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's a couple shots where Batman is like punching him and he's sort of flickering between John D and Doctor Destiny. Yeah, a lot of really creative stuff in that warehouse scene. You're right. Absolutely. All right, William. Let's move on to our final final category for the day today it's going to be voice acting as we already mentioned we have uh, our standard six out of seven we mentioned uh, as far as the the justice league is concerned uh, yeah it, we mentioned it was, it's odd we didn't have a uh, we didn't have a wonder woman appearance in this episode of well rare... she does show up in in john's uh, dream sequence at the beginning of part one but yes it's true Un, unvoiced cameo i think that would qualify as sure sure yeah it's her, not presence not actually felt but otherwise sure. every other of the big seven are there kevin conroy doing a huge heavy lifting in this episode but who are our other uh besides our main cast who else 
do we have to uh, to look at in this episode? Yeah, so we have uh, William Atherton as Dr. Destiny. Uh, this guy was in Die Hard and in uh, Ghostbusters as well. So a lot of, uh, maybe not the, the main actor in a lot of stuff, but another one of those sort of character actors who would pop up in, in a lot of different TV shows and movies. Um, I like him as Dr. Destiny. I didn't think I was going to in those first couple scenes when he's like talking to his wife and whatever because it's played like so he's it's very monotone mm-hmm. but that the more he becomes the more evil he becomes the better that works and he does start to show emotion and like the scene where he's yelling at the flat well the flash is trying to kind of focus to break himself out of this and he's yelling about you look so stupid and all that stuff i think i think he does a really good job by the end there i concur his his performance I, I had similar feelings at the beginning. I was like, I, I can't remember how I, like how this turns out. Like because you look at the menacing figure that is the the Doctor Destiny character. Right. And you're like, this voice is not going to work with this, this look. <laughs> yeah. But they do enough with it. I think where I, they they add a slight effect to it that it's you know a little echoey, a little dreamy, and a little little dark that adds enough to it. And his his performance as it goes, like you said, as he gets more maniacal and more and more evil. He 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 sets it. You know, it's it's amazing. He does it a great job. By the end of the episode, it feels like a you know one of the best performances as far as maybe one-off villains as there is in the DCAU. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that definitely. It's 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 a really strong and really memorable performance, and especially his back and forth with Kevin Conroy at the end is is really strong. And and for all the other reasons we already mentioned, uh, yeah, I thought he did a great job. And then, I mean, we had a ton of, like, cameo guest stars as far mm-hmm. as the other villains go. We had uh, Mark Rolston as Far Firefly, who did, who was the same voice actor uh, from uh, the new Batman Adventures. Mm-hmm. We obviously haven't reviewed that episode yet because we do Batman in order, but, uh, yeah, it's, it was cool they got him back. And uh, who, a lady who we just talked about recently, Perry Gilpin, returned as Volcana. Again, very cool to see, um to see them uh, re, re, uh, reusing the same actors there. It gives it, again, a little bit more continuity, a little more feeling if you're watching the same characters. For and sure. then uh, you also had you had uh, Mark Hamill as Grundy. And, uh, of and, course, he in the dream sequence at the beginning, he also gets to play the Joker. Yep. You um, had a little bit of Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor at the beginning of that, in that dream sequence, too. Yep. Lex Luthor kind of has a presence over this episode just because it's mentioned that John D worked for LexCorp and was like a low-level, I guess, enforcer and was guarding these illegal weapons at a LexCorp warehouse Mm -hmm. when he was arrested. So it was uh, was cool to see him. You you got a lot of people, and as we mentioned, uh, Dana Delaney as Lois Lane shows up very briefly, David Kaufman as Jimmy Olsen. A lot of uh, just really quick uh, uh, voice voice, uh, cameos from from uh, voices from the past that was cool to see. Yeah. And then uh, beyond that, you have you have your main cast, as we already talked about. I thought Michael Rosenbaum was fantastic as The Flash in this episode. Very good, yep. Um, I thought Maria Canales was good as Hawkgirl. I thought this m- was one of the better Carl Lumbly uh, Martian Manhunter episodes He's we've watched. He's fantastic in this episode. The best one, I thought, is when, when Green Lantern is about to enter the battery and John comes down and puts his hand up to his face and tells him... The Guardians didn't give you this ring because they had faith in the ring. They had faith in you. They had faith in Jon Stewart. Yeah, it was really good. So good, really well written. And he's there's such gravitas in all of uh, in Carl Lumbly's performances, but especially I feel like when he has something to really sink his teeth into here, and he's 
you know, he understands the seriousness of the moment and he really delivers there. And yeah, George, George Newbern is really not, not used a lot of Superman, but I think he does a, a fine job setting up that basic, uh, I have so much power. What if I never stop getting more type sure. of thing? I think he works fine in, in that role. So yeah, I, I think main cast was great and a, a really fun guest cast as well. So I gave voice acting nine out of ten. I think it was really really good. I there you go. I am actually right there with you, but I took it a step further. I gave voice acting a perfect ten. There you go. And, uh, yeah, all those reasons that you just said. And Kevin Conroy, we, I mean, wh- what else can we say <laughs> about the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be? The best Batman. Crossover. The best, right, crossover. <laughs> the, the best Batman you could ever ask for. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, he's he's fantastic. There's a reason that guy's phone still rings today. Yeah, go figure. Imagine that. All right, Liam, uh, well, that will get us to our our final score and what, let's see, my total here we have for my final score is going to be a very impressive 34 out of 40s, out of 40. <laughs> and I have a very strong 33 out of 40. So close. So, so But close. different. But different, because we're not the same. We are not the same. We're different people. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but different people. Um, yeah, I, I think as far as rewatchability... I wouldn't put this in the must-watch category, but I would put this in the don't skip this category. Yeah. You know what so I mean? So yeah, we we talk about like the different categories we could fit this into. It's like if this isn't a greatly important episode to the overall DCAU or even to the overall Justice League, correct? You know the main storylines of Justice League. However, if you're just looking to watch the best episodes, uh, enjoyable, good time episodes, I think this qualifies for that. I, and I it's, it's just fun. It's fun. It's different because of the dream sequences. Mm-hmm. It's very unique. I and would you say. get you get six out of the seven. Uh, main roster of the Justice League, so you you get you get some good stuff in there. Oh yeah, and it, like you said, it's it's fun. It's a fun episode. All right, Liam. Well, that will about wrap things up here for us. Thank you everybody for listening. As we always say, we always appreciate feedback. Go ahead and tweet Liam, the guy that runs our Twitter account. He's at at DCAU Review. He's always got fun things up there. Polls he's doing. He's always talking to people. We're sharing fan theories, fan art talking about the exciting upcoming stuff that's happening in the world of the DCAU. A fan question I'd like answered for this week's episode is why is Firefly in the Metropolis jail? Why is he on Rikers and why is he not in Blackgate? You have a, you pointed that out as we were watching and I didn't have any sort of realistic, understandable <laughs> reason other than maybe he got transferred there because prison transfers sometimes are a thing. Sure. But... My question was, why did they allow him to keep his helmet on after he, <laughs> after he had been captured? They take his wings and his gun and like his antenna off, but the helmet is the helmet they, stays they on. They just didn't have a character model for yes, him. I, I guess. think that's why they didn't want to draw a character model for him out of because even in the first scene where he puts his helmet on, they don't show his face. They just no. it's like you, they cut away as he puts his helmet on. So very interesting for that. But yeah, we always appreciate feedback. Tweet us at DCAU Review. Don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and check out our. Our, our archives available at dcaureview.com. You can check out past episodes broken down by uh, some of our top picks, as we mentioned last week, are now available. Uh, sorted by category, supervillain, superhero, show, uh, all of that broken down there. We, we have a great selection for you. Check out those past episodes and, uh, and enjoy them as you will. So I think that does us for this week. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU. Bye-bye.